Good evening and welcome back to Channel 17 Town Meeting Television. We are here with Barbara Rachelson. She is a representative from Burlington's sort of middle south end, that's District 6-6. Barbara, welcome. Thank you. We're so glad you're here. It's great to be here. I want to remind people you can certainly give us a call if you have any questions at 862-3966. We're continuing our coverage here at General Election 2018. So thanks so much for tuning in. So Barbara, why are you running for re-election? You are going into your fourth term? I am going into my fourth term. Yeah. So my whole professional career has been pretty much focused on social change and I'm a social worker and am very concerned to make sure that all of Vermont is thriving and so it's been while I feel like I have made a little bit of a difference so far there's more work to be done and I'm excited to go back and try to make a difference. And what do you want to be working on this next biennium? So I have a wide range of things that I want to work on. Um, one thing that's important to me, being a director of a nonprofit organization and having worked in the nonprofit sector for, I'd say, most of my um, professional life, is making sure we are um, being as efficient and effective as possible with public dollars as we are with, um, you know, as nonprofits do. So there's lots of work in that area. I'm very concerned about the high poverty rates in our state still. We need to make Vermont affordable. Having um, heard from constituents in the door knocking I've been doing the last few weeks, there are so many people that are scraping by at best and are working hard and not being able to make ends meet. And I'm worried about continuing to look at how to make Vermont affordable and make it so that people can retire here and not feel like they have to move because they can't afford it. Um, I also have um, a great interest in both consumer protection issues because many of them are critically important and I'm happy to talk to you about that further, um, as well as um, protecting privacy and civil liberties. Mm -hmm. um, so um, let me ask you, the, one of the questions that we sent you had to do with the efficiency and effectiveness of government, and how do you know that Vermont government is doing a good job? So, I mean, I think in some ways we're doing fine, but we could always do better. And I'd love to see us, one, make sure that every um, investment that we're making is reflective of something that there's a good reason and there's a return on investment for doing it, and not that we're doing it because we always have or it's a sacred cow and you can't um, mess with it. So one thing, for example, that I have been thinking about a lot since my first term when I served on education is I think education is critical. We definitely want kids in Vermont to do well in, pub in public school, graduate high school, being able to read, write, think, and be ready for whatever is next. And the number of students has decreased over the years. We're now down to roughly figures are like 77 to 80,000 students in Vermont, down from the high of 
I don't know, 127, something like that, a bunch of years ago. We're spending $1.8 billion to educate 77,000 students. And if we were designing a system from scratch and said, let's take that money and devise a system, it would look incredibly different than our current system. So while we did some legislation to encourage people to do some mergers, we're like, we're not necessarily going to get at the type of savings that we could get at without harming education. So what am I thinking about? Hawaii has one school district for 130,000 students, something like that. And as we all know, Hawaii has many different islands with the ocean between because people have said, we can't have one school district in Vermont. You know, we have the mountains, et cetera. But if we did one school district, think of the amount of money that would be going to indirect and overhead that um, we could be saving from having 300 something school districts, each with its own um, principal, with its whatever its sort of business office looks like, the number of supervisory unions that are, um, again, you know, each of them have an audit, they have tons, they, there's tons of overhead, which is not making a difference to kids and the education. So we could have one statewide teacher's contract, and every time we negotiate a teacher's contract, we don't talk about how much does it cost in legal fees or the other fees. Why not put the money towards, we should pay teachers well. It's an admirable, important profession. And we could have more of the money going towards programming, classroom. You could have more magnet schools like Burlington has done and have different high schools so that there would be, um, again, not necessarily I mean, my goal is not to close schools, it's let's not spend as much as we are on all the other stuff. So that's just one example of, of what I think is critical to do. And then on this question of making Vermont affordable, mm -hmm. do you have some policy ideas or that you've been able to work with other people or that you have for the next biennium? So again, I think, you know, I, I know Everybody in the State House is concerned about that. We all have constituents who can barely make their property taxes. So I know we've looked at, are there different ways to um, fund the, the items that property taxes are funding so that we don't have, so I've talked to two people this past weekend. One, it's a 89-year-old and his, um, mid-80s girlfriend. They can't get married because that would be financially costly. And their property taxes are $7,000, which is huge for them. We were able to make a dent in um, looking at Social Security not being taxed. And again, we're one of not many states that do tax um, Social Security, so we do need to look at you know, I had a friend that went to the Social Security office and they said, you're not going to retire in Vermont, are you? It's the worst place to retire. So that's not a good message for, um, for Vermonters who were, you know, who lived here who can't afford to retire here. So we definitely need to look at that and Social Security. Again, if we're looking at um, our investments, we're a state, I'm ashamed to say, that 
spends more on incarceration and corrections than we do on higher education. And if you look at the return on investment for how many people go into corrections and recidivate, why are we spending that much money doing that? We would be better off um, using an evidence-based approach, especially for people who are not a threat to society, um, to take a different approach rather than continue to incarcerate and, in fact, to have to incarcerate so much that we have to send people to a for-profit prison um, in Mississippi, that's going to make the chances of reunification horribly difficult for them. And we have um, shareholders who are going to make money at the expense of Vermont tax dollars. So um, talk about consumer rights and privacy. Sure. So um, a couple of bills that I worked on um, that became law in the last session were one, like when you get a magazine and all of a sudden you get the renewal charge on your credit card and it's, or um, a subscription radio, and it's like, whoa, that's, I didn't sign up again, and it's way more expensive than it was last year, and then you have to figure out how to get it, the charge undone. undone. It's, it's an onerous burden on the consumer. So the bill that um, I sponsored um, that got signed into law has you opt into wanting um, auto renewal rather than having to opt out. And again, auto renewal is fine in some circumstances, but I want to drive that bus of when I want that and not have to find all these little surprise charges um, on my credit card. Um, and so do other consumers. Um, so a consumer issue that I'm working on, um, and I think maybe I've chatted with you about this before, is Vermont has very archaic um, towing laws. So when you get your car towed in Vermont, it is very easy for the company that towed your car to um, get possession of the title of your car within 28 days by writing DMV. If you haven't kept your address current with DMV, the letter's gonna go to your old address and you won't necessarily be notified. And then they have the ability to sell your car and keep the proceeds. Usually cars are like the second most expensive thing most people buy and for most of Vermonters, for many Vermonters who aren't homeowners, it's one of the more expensive things. This bill and, I mean, this law ends up hurting um, students, it ends up hurting um, poor people because it's also not regulated what a tow company can charge you for the tow unless it's under like a city contract for storage and what the rules are for getting your car back. So um, I'm aware of uh, at least one person who couldn't afford the $600 charge and she had to forfeit her car. When I've looked at the data, over 230 people in Chittenden County last year alone lost their cars. Think about our state treasurer. If you have $5 left in a checking account, that money is there waiting for you and there's a lot of advertising that goes to find you your money. Why aren't we doing that with your car? Why do we have the tow company be the one to keep the money? Like that seems like a perverse unintended consequence. So in Vermont, we have people actively trolling all the time, you know, offering to, if you have a, a private lot, to say, we will come and tow cars from your lot for free. Where other states have looked at only um, cars being towed if there's like a safety issue or somebody makes a complaint, um, regulating how much it can be charged, 
And certainly, I've not heard of any other state where that tow company keeps the money. Um, so, so that is something that really needs to be addressed. Um, and I'm hoping we can get some public hearings on that. All right, let me ask you a couple of environmental questions. Sure. How can Vermont turn climate change to its advantage? So I think we all are trying to do what we can as private citizens to, um, especially I feel like folks in Burlington care a great deal about the environment and what's happening with climate change. And there are so many entrepreneurial efforts going on that I think if we help to continue to promote Vermont as a place, a great place to come and um, do your business that's related to climate um, change efforts, you know, it could be something that we could try to incentivize people to move here. It's a growing, I mean, we know that Vermont is doing great in terms of solar um, panels and I remember Governor Shumlin really touting how many people have come in to work to do um, more efforts related to um, climate change. I just had the opportunity not too long ago to be in Sweden and see how much they are doing with recycling and how little trash they throw out there and in fact are a um, business for some other countries to send their recycling over there. Mm. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Also, um, bicycling in Sweden is incredibly um, convenient totally convenient like we you know it's wonderful that we have some bike lanes starting but this is like an entire system that is set up in a way that um, is really geared for for it like here we're sort of competing on the streets with cars still it wasn't designed that way and it's just great to sort of see a different culture and how much really can be done um, so. And, and what about the financing of the cleaning up of the lake and rivers? Of I sure wish I had the answer to that. And I know that Beth Pierce had a lot of ideas, um, which I'd love to see get some more serious um, play. So I must confess that I, um, my expertise has not been in sort of coming up with proposals for the environment, but and certainly supporting um, what comes up. So we have to clean up the lake. It's, it's um, I mean, it's the right thing to do. And obviously, you know, it's the legal thing to do, even if Washington ends up changing that. It's the right thing to do. It's an incredible resource. Tourism is so, so important here. We need to find a way to do it and not, um, you know, to do it fairly so that, you know, I, again, I'm thinking, we can't make so many um, extra charges that, you know, people are not able to, to make ends meet. And I'm just really worried about like safety nets for folks. So, so um, I think in your work, you probably observe the institutional racism that exists in our state. And I'm wondering what policies you see as being credible to helping right. us dismantle right. that kind of racism deeply rooted in our state. Right. And I'm really glad you asked that. Um, so it's interesting because we um, at my organization just had a mandatory cultural diversity training for everyone on our staff, um, which was fantastic. And it was a really great approach of sort of calling people in. 
um, as well as at times calling people out, but not just sitting idly and not doing anything. So one of my first thoughts after the training was, we need to make legislators go through that training because frankly, in the past few years, the number of comments that I've heard on the House floor is unbelievable and that needs to not be tolerated. So I think that's one important thing. The other thing that's really important that I know was tried and was not successful is we do need to have um, our schools have a mandatory um, cultural diversity approach and training because again, that's the time to expose children to different views. So if we're not trying to sort of change the next generation, people tend to pick up what they hear. And a lot of it seems like it's both fear, lack of understanding, and we need to both show people that one, um, diversity is better. It's a better way to live, Like, and we need to celebrate um, people's differences and help our state sort of look at um, the diversity of Vermont being a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, so what's, before we wrap up and you do your final comments, what do you think is the single thing we could do to redistribute power in Vermont? That's a, that's a great, that's a really good question. So redistribute power in Vermont. I mean, it, what's, what, I mean, I'm going to approach it from legis the legislative perspective. What's great about Vermont as a citizen legislature? What's difficult about Vermont as a citizen legislature? So there's not, I mean, it's very limited who can run, and it's, I actually just saw the chart, I can't remember if you had done that, about what percent of the people have full-time jobs and what percent are retired. So one, we need to make sure that it's not inaccessible for people to be in the legislature. Two, we have no staff. So many people heavily rely on lobbyists for information. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think ill of lobbyists, but that's not how we should be making our decisions or getting our information. And so we need to sort of put more, I mean, I spend a lot of time doing research on issues, which is why I can't necessarily spew off an answer about the yeah. environment, because it's like there are so many issues coming at us that at some point we need to look at, is this the right um, legislative structure for our state? Um, including the um, the governor only having a two-year term. Like, so in some ways, we're setting our state up for not mm -hmm. allowing power to be um, more distributed. Frequently, people will say, we didn't hear from any renters, so we know they don't have any complaints about this tax or whatever. It's like, are you kidding? How many renters know what's going on in a particular committee room, can get off of work if they you know, want to come down to Montpelier, have transportation, and are gonna make their views known. So we, we can't assume silence is agreement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are lots of, there's lots of people that are paying for representation in the state house. But it's like all the people that don't have it that, you know, is concerning. So closing comment, anything you'd like to say to your voters? Um, 
get out and vote. It's incredibly important. It is, I mean, I, I will continue to work hard um, as a legislator should I be reelected. And um, it really does make a difference to, to reach out and share your views and ideas. And I wish more people would do that. Thank you so much, Barbara Rachelson. Thank you. So Barbara is running unopposed in District 6-6, which is in Burlington's south middle end. How would you describe that geography? Part of the hill section, part of um, downtown, yep. part of Champlain College, um, the Redstone campus. There you go. And she is running for her fourth term. So don't forget to vote. And thank you very much for being tuned in here to Channel 17 Town Meeting Television for our continuing coverage of general election 2018 and don't forget we will have live election results starting at 7:30 on november 6th so stay tuned <laughs>